Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And I am your host, Kim Thompson Pinder, and I have such a treat for you today. True story. Now, I was referred to this person by one of my favorite people, Larry Levine. You guys have all heard me talk about him, Selling from the Heart. And Mike Garrison is an amazing person. And almost instantly, like, I'm like, this person needs to be on my podcast. So today, you are in for an incredible treat. And we are actually going to do this over two episodes because I already know how much he has to share. We may even do three. We'll see. Uh, But today, you know, one of the best and easiest ways to build your business is through referrals. And Mike Garrison is the referral king, and he has such a unique approach to referrals that's going to have your head spinning. So, Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I, uh, I'm excited to be here. And uh, are you sure it's like multiple episodes because you're not sure you'll be able to get me to shut up? Uh, well, there is that, but I think it's just more, I'm going to be helping Mike on his book and we've already been working on the outline and he just has so much, you have so much knowledge to share. And I don't think we can do it justice in a 30 minute interview. So we're, we're going to do two. So today, what I thought of is, you know, let's cover uh, your story, maybe share, you know, one aspect, um, the risk mitigation, because I think that's really important concept. So Mike's book is going to be called, Can I Borrow Your Car? So first, Mike, why don't you tell us quickly, how did you get to be the referral king? Well, it's like the Sunday school answer, Jesus, <laughs> right? You know, it's, it's, I got, I first was involved in referrals. Um, after I got out of the military, went to school and got my first job as an outside salesperson um, selling copiers in the Washington, D.C. area. I quickly discovered that, A, I really dislike cold calling. Mm-hmm. B, I did not can appear. I, can I say to be, amen to that one? <laughs> absolutely. I also did not appear to be rapidly developing um, competency at cold calling. <laughs> And I got yeah. invited to I got invited to a networking group to the Chamber of Commerce. And it was like, these are my people. This works, right? Relationships. I've always been like that. And then I got invited to a BNI group. And I at the moment I was running three independent groups. And I got invited to this business network international referral group. And I saw this guy, Art Radke, speak. And Art is still a friend to this day. 
Art is one of the major people that was involved in me uh, becoming a Christian. And I didn't even know it at the time. So Art spoke. I resigned from all these other referral groups and joined a group that I didn't know hardly anybody in just because of how this man trained. And then fast forward, um, I got to learn under him very much a discipleship experience. And then one day we were drinking beer at the um, low budget Holiday Inn in Alexandria, where you get really cheap beer. And we had a conversation about what Christianity really is and everything changed. And so like my, my referral story is both secular and spiritual, mm-hmm. right? So I was, I became a Christian as a result of watching business people treat each other over time. I got to have this snapshot into what is the right way to treat people if you want to help. And, it, and, that, and that's what brought me to Christ. And then I found Luke 10 in the Bible, which is the story of how Christ prepared to speak around the Sea of Galilee. You know, he, he sent them out two by two, gave them instructions. So that's kind of my origin story with referrals is it started secular. It became Christian. I don't work with people based upon their religious background. Every single person I do work with cares about other people and wants to grow their business, have fun and have it mean something. Mm-hmm. And referrals are the only thing that does that. Wow. So how did, how did you transition though? Because the, the, you know, referrals are sort of your main thing now, like you, you actually teach and train this. So how did you get into that? I was through art. Art was doing something crazy. So B and I was a, BNI is the world's largest referral networking group organization. And I used to be on the international board. I owned multiple franchises, thanks to Art's uh, mentoring. But when Art bought the franchise for DC and Virginia, he had thought he had bought like a McDonald's franchise. And then he figured out it was a popsicle stand. And the person that had owned it before him, number one, all the groups had quit. Like art, art paid all this money for a business, only discovered that all the stores were had been burnt to the ground, and there were only a couple of groups. And so art, like his family was up in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and he was living out of a car down in DC. And he had to differentiate. He couldn't just show up every six weeks to the meeting, deliver a 10-minute presentation, have it work. And so right, right when I joined BNI and it was a God thing. It was absolutely prevenient. Um, Art was desperate and he started doing training and no one was doing training. Like the only training you got in BNI before Art got started and then Art trained me, we changed the entire company. The only training was a uh, semi-annual officer training. Mm, Yes. Right. And then within the group, one of the group members who were paying an annual membership, usually an officer team would then do an orientation. Okay. Yep. 15 minutes. And Art was like, not good enough. So he started doing once a month, right? Once a month, open ended QA stuff. And, and the first night we bought pizza and a bunch of beer and we spent four hours having him help us grow our business. We all, everyone that went to that training, went out and got sales within a week. <laughs> he, he was, that is good training. <laughs> he, like I, I would submit to you that I consider art 
And also Joanne Black from No More Cold Calling. I consider Art and Joanne Black to be at a different level above me. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I wouldn't be where I am without those people. So, but anyways, that's, they he started doing training, doing this training on how to, not how to be a member of a group, but how to make money in a referral group. And that's how I learned. It was through proximity. It was very much like the disciples. Like I basically tried to spend every possible minute I could, even though I was working full-time as a copier person, I spent every minute I could around that man just to try and see it, right? And then fortunately for me, he invested just as much time in with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that that is awesome. I love that. You know, it it's funny. Sometimes when you're an entrepreneur, like I know I, I spent many years in the MLM network marketing, and, you know, I, I could sell okay, could not recruit my way out of a paper bag. Like, you know, it was one of those things, you know, you know, they put a gun to your head and they say, recruit somebody, I would have been dead type thing because it was not going to happen. And, you know, finally, uh, the last company I was in, you know, and I, I'd been doing this for, what, 12 years at this point, um, just going from company to company. Um, they had a mentorship program. They had district managers. And the district manager would spend time with anybody who wanted to learn. And so for two years, I spent as much time with the district manager as she would let me. Sure. And by the time, you know, we were done, I could I could recruit almost as well as she could. Right. And and so, you know, as an entrepreneur, I just want to encourage everyone, you know, if you don't have that kind of mentor in your life, keep searching. They are out there. The one thing I would add, Kim, about the origin story is it was really hard, the work that I did with art in North Virginia and D.C., because there were just so many ex-members, right? And so you're always fighting, you know, this bad reputation. And so I bought a section of Virginia from art that had never had any B&I groups. And my wife and I bought it and moved to Roanoke, Virginia so that I could build a brand new business in a place I've never been a hundred percent by referral. I never advertised, never cold called, and we broke records. Nice. nice. So I I wanted to like test it. And so when I talk to people about doing this, not only do I understand how to help very successful people leverage referrals, right. For time and money. But I also I also, if you're the right kind of person, I can show you how to do it from zero. Yeah. And if I could do it, anyone could do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is so awesome. Okay. So there's two things I kind of want to want you to cover today. I want you to talk about, can I borrow your car? Because, you know, you, this book is going to be all about how to not only get referrals, but predict referrals. So the two things that, you know, kind of want to talk about in our time left um, is, you know, talk about the can I borrow your car concept and then talk a little bit about the risk mitigation process, because, you know, I think that's one of the essential keys of the can I borrow your car concept. Absolutely. So can I borrow your car? Like most of my great ideas um, happen by accident. And so one of the things that you do when you're a BNI director um, is you're going around traveling and you're you're speaking at meetings of BNI groups in your franchise. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to substitute for for 
somebody in my organization at a meeting where I didn't know really know anybody. And the only person I did know did not like me. Right. <laughs> he, he respected me, he res- but he did not like me. And, you know, we were good in that regard. And I showed up to this meeting. I knew it was going to be rough because it was in a very small town, as in a stop sign. Like that was it. Mm. Very small town. And I'm not going to say everything because it's in the book. You have to buy it. Um, <laughs> but um, I showed up and I knew like I was wearing a custom bespoke suit, you know, and I knew this is going to be perhaps not the most eagerly anticipated presentation <laughs> these folks had ever had. So I walked in and the second I walked in, I knew I was right. I was like, okay, like they didn't trust me. And um, I noticed on the way in that there was a really beautiful classical car parked outside. And I'm like, I threw out my whole script of what I was going to say, because I knew they didn't want to hear it. And I literally said, hey, look, you guys don't know me. I don't know you. I'm here because I have to speak anyways, and you have to listen. So how about instead of me telling you like how smart I am, how about if I just ask you a question? And they're like, okay. I said, like, I saw this beautiful car on the way in. I don't know jack about cars. Is that like a nice car? And everybody's like, oh my God, it's like, you know, <laughs> like, and to tell you just how little I care about cars, like, I have no idea what kind of car it was. I don't care. Like, I'm not a car person, but man, they were. And the car was worth like $100,000. It was like unbelievable. And I'm like, does it run? But anyways, I said, oh. I said, okay, well, let's do a little referral training. Can I borrow your car? <laughs> And the guy's like, no. Yeah. And I'm like, seriously, man, can I borrow your car? And he's like, bleep, no, you can't borrow my car. I don't know you. I don't trust you. And then and I don't like you. Straight. That's exactly what he said. I'm like, fair enough. Fair enough. Like, I get that a lot. They all laughed. <laughs> I said, let's pretend you let me borrow your car. He's like, I said, no, just, just pretend like the, the longer, the quicker you let me get through this, the the quicker I'm out of here and everybody got nice. (laughs) Right. And so I said, so what would happen if I borrowed this classic car of yours? Like if you were foolish enough to let me drive it, I said, for the record, I'm not a good driver. Like if you like cars, you shouldn't let me borrow a classic car. If it's a relationship, it's different. But I said, I borrow your car. I bring it back late to your house. It's got a big scratch in it. One of the tires is flat. One of the windows is broken. He's like, I would shoot you in my front yard. The only reason I wouldn't shoot you in my car is it might damage my, I would shoot you and then I would piss on you and then light you on fire. And I'm like, okay, I feel you. I said, okay. Like, like, okay. That's a big difference between Canadians and Americans, man. (laughs) I said, we have clarity. Hey, I saw Fargo and that's like Canada light. I think anyways, I (laughs) saw, So anyways, sorry, I'm just like, it's worse. (laughs) So anyways, I said, you kill me. I said, I said, what if I brought it back and it had been detailed by one of those high-end auction places? Because, oh yeah, and he named some auction. I have no idea what it's called. I said, and are are there a couple parts you haven't been able to find? He goes, yeah. I said, what if I had those parts boxed up for you? I wouldn't have them installed because I know you want to do them yourself. He stopped the presentation, reached in his pocket, Kim, and held out the keys. He said, want to borrow my car? <laughs> in 10 minutes with someone I didn't know, I went from, I will pee on you while I light you on fire, <laughs> to take my car. Yeah. 
And it's not about a trick or a technique. It's about a mindset around talking to people about how you view risk. The difference between someone that can get predictable referrals and someone who's going to have to exist in the chicken little marketing slash surprise referral territory. But by the way, everyone loves a surprise referral. You know? Amen. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh wow, Santa in April. So that's good, but we can't predict those, can we? No. We can't predict those. They just pop up. So, anyways, like the flip side is when you understand risk, you understand that the number one job that you have when you're receiving referrals, and there's a flip side, is that you have to bring back the car better than you took it. If you want to get predictable referrals, it's not good enough to just bring it back because guess what happens when you borrow a car? You put mileage on it. Yes. Right? So it's, it never comes back the same. Relationships are the exact same way. When somebody refers you as a salesperson to one of their clients, that relationship either improves or it doesn't. Yeah. The same thing happens when you're giving referrals. So when I'm giving clients as referrals to other people, I buy insurance. And the insurance is how I communicate about how that, A, it's kind of like the rental agreement, <laughs> right? Like, hey, man, you want the gas tank filled? You know, like, but, but at the core of all of this is an explicit conversation, at least between the salesperson and the person referring the salesperson about the realistic assessment of risk that's involved. Ironically, the very, very best people, there's always exceptions, but the very best people I've met at borrowing the car and returning it better are the ones that have had professional commercial sales training. Mm. Okay. Because professional commercial sales is not transactional. Yeah, it's transformational. It's relational too, and it's systematic because. It's not like, hey, Kim, you know, like you think about it, Larry was involved. You didn't see all the communication, but Larry was involved behind the scenes as you and I were getting to know each other. Hey, tell me a little bit more about her. Hey, Mike, how to go with Kim, right? Yeah. Larry is not as nerdy as I am. Like when I, you, had, you and I had a conversation about somebody I ref, I'm referring to you, <laughs> right? And so I, I always think about this. How would I refer my clients to other salespeople, can I virtually guarantee that I'm getting that client back? And how would I refer to client? Can I take this opportunity to make it even better for the person referring me? Because if every time you referred me, Kim, you ready? Here's a question. And this is, this is the holy grail. This is the thing. What would it be like if every time you referred me, you got a referral because of how I treat your client? What if you, like, I'm in the meeting with your client, and I usually start with something like this. Wow, isn't Kim amazing? And they go, yeah. I said, you know what's interesting? Does she beat you up about referring her? And the answer is always no. Oh, it's always no. I said, yeah, I know what it's like. Do you think we could take a minute and just kind of brainstorm about, like, how we could help this person that is helping both of us? It doesn't guarantee that something will happen. Mm -hmm. But like, if I'm bringing you referrals from your clients, when you introduce them to me, are you more or less likely to refer me? 
That's Mike. One, two, three, <laughs> four, five. Yeah. I'll think of lots. So that's the core of the predictable referral system. A predictable referral system looks at it as a system. And what any good system does is really explore where the most reliable and sustainable performance improvements can be gained. Without exception, the number one mistake people make in referral marketing is they are a hashtag referral predator. Yes. Right? Talk talk a little bit about that. Think about, and this is for anybody listening to this, and it's also why you should buy the book. What percentage of your referral? I mean, you know what? I'm, hey, is it all right, everybody, in the future, if I put Kim on the spot now? No. <laughs> but like, Kim. You can put me much, on the spot. It won't bother me. <laughs> I, I, well, that's why I'm going to do it, because I'm not worried about you. <laughs> but okay, much, so so here, here's here's the ground rules. You oh, embarrass okay. me too much, you don't get to come back. There'll I might no just leave it at one episode. <laughs> like, you're, you're, like, I haven't gotten the book done yet, so look, you'll be fine. So. Kim, you've had a lot of different training and experiences, and you work with so many entrepreneurs and folks. I mean, how much actual training, not conversation, but training have you had on how to give referrals? Hmm. Not conversations, but like module one, module two, module three. This is how we give referrals. Never. I just do it because I love giving. Right. This is why we can't predict your referrals. True. Right. And, so, so, and by the way, this is why referrals aren't for everyone. I always tell prospective clients, hey, look, not everyone will enjoy the process of really going into referrals, right? Because there's nothing wrong with just saying, you know what, Mike, I'm going to do other forms of marketing and I'm just going to be really happy when people refer me because I do a good job. And I'm like, sweet. Hey, that's cool. Like nothing wrong with that. But the the clients I work with, with, which are almost always financial advisors, not only are referrals profitable for them, but one of my clients makes $30,000 every time he's introduced, not closing sales, but the actual referral introduction we have measured. The introduction, whether it closes or not, is worth 30 grand when you look at the system. Wow. Partially, that's because he's a financial advisor. His average client produces a lot of revenue. He keeps them for 10 years. And so when I'm working around this, number one, for referrals to be predictable, the math has to make sense. Yes. Right? So there are certain businesses where it's really not cost effective in a lot of cases to do what I teach. Right? You're better off. Like you run a Planet Fitness, hiring me as a referral consultant is a terrible idea. Yeah. You know, because you're just not going to have the margin per transaction. People like you, referrals are a good idea. And and having a referral system may or may not be something. The other thing, are you ready? I'm ready. You can't be successful. You cannot get predictable referrals if you are not inherently curious. I'm in. I'm curious. Yeah. And the reason being is it's not a binary experience. Yeah. You can't push a rope. And so refer like mastery at the referral level is really a accepting people where they are right now, because the biggest mistake people make is they go, well, that person is in X profession. They're going to be a great referral source. What if they don't like giving? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You could be a great CPA. You could be a great CPA, 
and be the world's worst referral source for a financial advisor because you don't like talking to your clients about somebody else because you're afraid. Yeah. So that's, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And actually perfect timing. We've got about five minutes left. So talk about the risk mitigation process. So, you know, if you're watching this on the video behind him on the wall, he's got a whiteboard with a triangle. So I want him to explain this triangle and, you know, why risk is such an important concept in, in can I borrow your car? Absolutely. So the number one thing you have to say, if you're not watching, just draw a triangle at the top of the triangle, put your name. You're the person being referred. On the bottom left, put prospect. On the bottom right, put referral source. Mm. So within that triangle, it's a triad relationship. I'm a Christian. I like triads. I, you know, I like <laughs> Trinity. I like these things. Right? Yeah, three, three core. Anyways, uh, and I like Proverbs a lot. So, um, but when you look at it, the person that has the most risk in that, re- and I, by the way, I come at things from a speech communication background. That's what I studied in college, where you diagram out communication and relationships. The person referring the prospect to the salesperson has the most exposure to risk out of anyone. And when I say, can I borrow your car? The entire system is about reducing risk for everyone in the three-way, but most especially the person doing the introduction. Because not only can that person lose a relationship with you, the salesperson, they can lose a relationship with a client and lose business. And it happens. Everyone that's been in business long enough has lost a good client because some person, I had to go down the list a little bit, Kim, some person (laughs) was irresponsible, right? So one of the big things that, that you and I've been talking about as we build out the book is about how when I'm giving referrals, I establish communication protocols I actually explicitly talk about how I manage risk. Mm-hmm. So for example, you ready? Here's the, ready. Number one, here's the number one way for you to make sure when you let somebody borrow the car, it comes back to you. Okay. Never, ever give out a name and phone number to a client of yours and have them call. A couple of reasons. Number one, collective bargaining. Right. So collective bargaining is when instead of just being one worker, you're your representation of a lot. And so whether you like unions or not, I don't care. You like relationships. That's what we care about. What I always tell my client is, hey, look, I could give you the name and number and I will, but I'm going to call the person that you want me to introduce you to so that they understand how important you are to me. And also they don't make a mistake of thinking you're just one customer. They understand that if they make a mistake with you, they lose all the referrals I would give them. And so a big part of this is you have to have an answer for people about why you're directing them. Like referral process, you are not a dictator. (laughs) So the number one thing, you have to control the process. But here's the other beauty. When I call you, when I'm referring somebody to you, you now, from the very beginning, are happy with me, <laughs> right? Yes. And so, so literally, not only does the person that's given the referral have the most risk, they also have the most opportunity. Yeah. We're looking at it as a system. Wow. That's my shortest version ever on that. <laughs> you did wonderful, Mike.
So you know what? I there is so much that we could talk about in this, but we are already at our first 30 minutes. So what I'm going to do is we we are going to have you back, Mike. And I think the next time I want to cover do an over because you already told your story. So let's do an overview of the macro strategy, the micro strategy. And let's do a short talk on, you know, what has the process been like for you so far starting to work on your book? It's been great now that you're helping me. <laughs> up, up until then, it sucked. <laughs> so thank you so much. This has been Mike Garrison and Kim Thompson Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. And, you know, if you've received value on this show, first of all, connect with Mike. So we'll have some links in the show notes. But can you share this out? If you're one of our regular listeners and, and you know, you've learned so much, can you share out these episodes, tell people about the podcast, post about it on social media? That will just really help to spread the message and so we can help as many entrepreneurs as possible. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the Author to Authority podcast. I have a free gift that I would love to give you. Coming out this year, I am releasing my book, Author to Authority. And if you are an entrepreneur, solopreneur, small business owner, professional coach, or speaker, and you want to find out how to gain visibility and how to build your business bigger, stronger, faster, then I recommend that you download a free sample of the Author to Authority book at www.authortoauthority.com forward slash get dash the dash book. It's going to be a great resource for you that teaches the author to authority concept and the six key areas that you build authority in and how you can use a book to do it all faster. So don't forget, get your free copy today.